Thank you for listening to the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. We here at the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast are simply fans of hockey, the New Jersey Devils, and professional wrestling, and are not to be considered as insiders or news reporters. Please note that opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of its hosts and occasional guests. Listener discretion is advised. Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. Episode 19 of the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The Travis Sajak. The Travis Sajak of podcasts. Ugh. Can you name another 19? Can I name another 19? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was Jim Corn wore 14. Like C O R N, like on the cob? K O. Um. Who wore 19 before Zajac? <laughs> Stump you before the show starts. That's perfect. Now i got to look it up. <laughs> hockey Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, your home for a perfect blend of hockey and wrestling. From your pals, Rob and Dave. Who are thankful that Thanksgiving is over. Pretty much, pretty much. That was a tricky day. A lot of, a lot, a lot of stuffing, a lot of tryptophan. A lot of tri- there was definitely a nap, and I got yelled at. <laughs> Why are you sleeping? Really? Because tryptophan makes you sleepy. I just ate my body weight. Wow, fatty. Yeah. Well, that would be a lot of fucking turkey. (laughs) All right. Let's get into some crease-to-crease talk with our favorite New Jersey Devils, if you actually want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's really become like now. What was? It's it's angry. I'm angry now. Like I'm not. It was the Tampa game. Like. I had just cooked dinner. I was finishing up cleaning the dishes. I'm like, oh, it's 7.20. The game, you know, just started. And it was like 3 nothing. I was like, all right. Yeah, right. It looks like Great. I'm watching Big Bang tonight. <laughs> I I don't want to start this this whole rift by saying, when do you start to panic? Panic in being a relative term, not saying, oh, my God. But, like, when, when do you start saying, okay, um, a trade needs to happen, um, a coach needs to get fired, or the head coach needs to get fired. Or we can go by, I mean, we'll skip in topics here, but we could go by the way of Philly and go, hey, we're just going to fire the GM and have the coach fire some of his coaches. <laughs> See, now here's the thing. I don't think 
firing Hines changes anything. I don't think it, it, it changes anything for the Devils. I think I think we lose Hall immediately. He'd play out the rest of the season and go, okay, and he'd test free agency, and he'll never, he'll never re-sign. I think because they're that close with Hines, he's so bought into this. Claude Vilgrain. How did I forget Claude? Bobby Carpenter. Wow. Jim McKenzie. See what the internet does for you? Christoph Olawar, the punch and Pollock, like yourself. Jason Riznar. Punch and Pollock. Paul Eisbart. Claude Vilgrain. Bernie Nichols wore 19 for a while. Dennis Peterson. All your famous 19 devils. Those are the ones that I remember. Like, oh, there you go. I don't remember Don Avery or Nelson Pyatt. Oh, it's almost like who are the number nines in, in, that are in great devils history? Parisi, Muller. No. Yuri yes. Bichek. Sure. <laughs> well, look at you. You're forgetting one. Bobby Butler. Yes. Captain of Bobby course. Butler. Of course. All right. So when when does, I mean, I, I honestly don't think it's a co- head coach thing because we're, we're scoring to a point. Obviously, your power play and is going to have some ebb and flow during the season. Penalty kill is fine. Defense is killing us. Yes, defense is killing okay. us. And because our defense sucks, it makes Kincaid have to make it a save that he shouldn't have to. Like, unbelievable saves. I mean, the reason we have, what do we have, like nine wins? Mm-hmm. The reason we have nine wins is because of him. Um, and the reason why Corey's confidence is fucking shot well when you play one to half a game a week he, i mean i mean I, I said it to you on text message who'd we play in the last game the islanders the islander game he, well, there was islanders no, tampa florida. and florida tampa and florida were back to back he should have played florida he shouldn't have played in tampa he should have played in florida but it, it, it's uh, you, you look you look at the teams we played all right we beat the pens so if we played the pens Every week, we'd be a good team. Of course, we'd be eighty-two and up. Um, <laughs> the Flyers, they're in, they're in the same boat as us. There's one rudder, and they just keep one oar, and they just keep going in circles. And sometimes you move forward because someone goes, "You should put the oar on one side and then move it on the other." But most of the time, both teams are just kind of circling the drain. Okay. Detroit, we should have beat. We did. We lost in overtime because we gave up two goals. Uh, Carolina, we should have beat. Again, I don't blame Corey for that game. I, I thought he played well. Montreal, we... Trounced. Okay. Um, There's a trend here. Yeah, it's lose-lose, <laughs> overtime and, loss. Over, yeah, overtime loss, overtime loss, overtime loss, overtime loss. And, you know, I heard and blow Chico out. and the other one, Matt, on the radio, and they were like, well, at least they get a point. Fuck that. We were up by two goals. Yeah, don't give I, me the... At least, that's think, the problem with this team. Like, they're just... Well, you know, we got Danico. Like, uh, Danico on TV was like that last season where he was always finding that absolute silver lining when when we when we were just like crap. And I get it. You're paid by the team to be, you know, shiny happy all the time. But but like sometimes that's why I really do miss John Davidson. And I miss when it used to be um Doc Emmerich for the Devils. It was Gary Thorne and Peter McNabb real early on but peter mcnab used to say like the devils just didn't play well today like they didn't complete passes they didn't do this they didn't do that but and that was it there was no like but there, you know there was you no gotta look at the positives yeah. of the, no. like no no we played like shit call them out 
Hines needs to start doing that. I and I, I said to you, I mean, you look at Hall. I I get what he's trying to do. He's he's trying to be he's Superman trying again. Trying to put it all on his shoulders, but the problem is, is he does so much, and then he makes a mistake, and it's in our net. It's, I agree. And the other problem is, is he gets the puck and is going ninety-five miles an hour left to right or down the boards or whatever, and everybody on our team watches watching him. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I should probably get into like an open area where I can be useful. Or maybe I should go to the net and the D will follow me and open up somebody else or give him space. And we don't do that. We don't. That's what we're missing right now. We're missing the hockey smarts on both ends of the ice. So we're, I mean, not to say where to ultimately fall because, yes, that's Heinz, but I always look at the head coach as being one of those. He's delegating a role to, to Nazardine on D. You have to get this done. He's doing whoever is our offensive coach. This is what you need to get done with this group. And it kind of like pyramid schemey kind of thing where it just comes up to Heinz. Wait, who's the other coach? I know it's Mike Greer. Greer and um, uh, the uh, Kowalski. Kowalski's running the power play. Okay. And I don't get it. I don't get what I they try that left dot to dot Paul Mary Hall pass mm-hmm. Hall pass to way too much and it keeps getting picked off. Let Butcher shoot. If you're going to keep trying to get that dot to dot and if you, too bad you guys can't see me because I just keep going dot to dot with my finger. Um, we we need a we need a we need a visual element to the yeah. show. We need like a big whiteboard and a, and a hockey rink oh, and yeah. you with a marker. That's good. That's good. But uh, it budget time it, it next year. It doesn't work. Move move Palmieri up to the top because he can shoot. He is a threat from up there. Butcher's not a threat. He's not. He's not a threat to score from that area. And if I'm playing defense against the Devils on a power play, I put one. I put my left forward or one forward on Palmieri. I put one forward on Hall and let let Butcher shoot because he's not going to. He's always going to look for Hall and he's always going to look for Palmieri. And our defense is That's horrible. I think we, we keep saying it, but I mean the last three years, however, all right. If if they're a head coaching staff for what four years or three years, I forget. I think it's four. I think it's this is their fourth year. All right. So let's let's kind of scrap at least one year. So the last three, the two and a half. Okay. You would expect when you bring in a coaching staff and you get in players, there's some kind of uptick in positive play, growth, what have you. Butcher played pretty much all season last year, right? Didn't really shoot. He was an he, assist he machine. Played, he played a sheltered. Okay, so now you're exposing him to, to the elements now, and he's not growing. We don't right. have a number one defenseman. We don't. We have a number two. In Votnin? Number two slash three in Votnin. We have a very good three, four in Andy Green. And we have a number five in Butcher. Sorry, but we don't have. What about Severson? Or, or is he he's, just he's a too... number five too? Because he's a power play kind of guy, but defensively, and last year he was awful defensively. This year he's better defensively, but that's like, you know, being kind of pregnant. You know, like you're 
<laughs> you know, like it's not that good of a thing. Like it's being the best at something that is the worst right now. Like I'm the best worst guy. I mean, uh, so I'm, let's so we'll go with the players that we have, right? They aren't growing from a positivity standpoint. And this is just a, a thing for me is I'll blame Nazardine on that. Yeah, I totally. There, but something's not working. It, it, it's almost like that that saying that if you keep doing it over and over and over again, you're you're the idiot. Yeah, it's the, wasn't that the definition of insanity? insanity? Yeah. Um, not Vinsanity. No I'm a basketball fan. No. Wow, look at you going cross sport reference. I try. Um, but then it begs the question, and I think we we've had this conversation. All right, fine. You ax Nazardine. Okay. Everybody who's a New Jersey Devil fan, anybody, any 17,000 people that sit in that arena want one single person to coach RD. So let's take that one out of the picture. Who's next? Yeah. You're, you're not bringing in Danico because he's, he's not a coach. Nope. He's, he's comfy in his TV spot, I which mean, is you, fine. You would ask somebody like Niedermeyer, but he has a nice comfy job in California. And yep. if he had to switch from going to California to New Jersey, he's not going to do it. Um, you I can't mean, you can't ask Bryce Salvador to do it. No, you can't ask somebody like uh, like Quinville to come in and be a D coach when he's been a head, a head for. Coach. But I mean, maybe he would look at that as an opportunity. But I don't think so. I mean, I mean, was Quinville a, a defensive minded coach before? When he played? Yeah, like. I was, do you have to be a defenseman in your playing days to See, be a coach for defense? Here, here, yeah, no, no, because if you look at a lot of guys that are coaches now in the NHL, mm-hmm. they weren't very good hockey players. Like, I mean, granted, they were in the NHL. Like, Blasma was in the NHL. Like, I remember going to games and seeing Dan Blasma play. Mm-hmm. But, like, Gretzky wasn't a good coach. Right. Just because you're great at the game doesn't mean. And it Quinville kind of, and, wasn't a good player. I'm trying, I'm, now I'm going in my brain, mm-hmm. like all the coaches. And, and for Quinville, when you're kind of gifted, like um, like the, the coach in Pittsburgh was when he was gifted Crosby and Malkin, mm-hmm. you know, when Chicago's gifted Evander uh, Kane and, and Taze and... Seabrook. And, like, and all these guys. Are you, you sure you're going to be... Yeah, if you look at the teams that Quinville has coached, there's he's always had... A solid, solid core core yeah. of players. Where when he was in St. Louis, he had, you know, oh Babcock too. You can throw it in there yeah. with all these Detroit teams, right? You you can look at they had a solid core. Like, and I, I've said it once before. I mean, you need at least three really good forwards. You need at least three really good defensemen, and they don't have to be high scoring or whatever. But you need three of those of each. And a good goalie to succeed in this league. And, and we really what that. what we're missing is your three defensemen. Two and a half, three defensemen. Because what's-his-name does the same thing as Hall, Votnin. He tries to carry the puck and do it all himself, and then he gets a poke checked, and it's a two-on-one with who? Mirko Mueller back, mm-hmm. or the other guy, the new guy, who's, who's the Russian still, guy, who's still new enough that yeah, you're gonna get burned anyway. Yeah, it, it's just it, we're. I, I get to that point where you, you go to that definition of insanity. Two years ago, this was the same team, where Shiro didn't do anything to upgrade, so to speak. He let the kids fill in, and we sucked. And now that was what Hall's first year. Yep. Last year he implemented some folks like Boyle and um, you know some other guys who were 
who played well. And then, of course, Corey goes out with an injury. We ride Kincaid all the way through, and then we get a good Corey in the playoffs. But then again, we face Tampa in the first round, and right. you're going to lose anyway. Now, this year, it's you're taking a step back. You know, you get that the offense is going to put enough pressure on itself. We're scoring goals to a point. The last couple of seasons, it was maybe one or two goals. Now we're doing maybe two, maybe three. Yeah, we went from averaging one or two goals to now two or there three. are games that we put up five, and then there are games like against Detroit where we can't score, where you should score. So, I mean, we've had this conversation in the past, too. Like, if you rehire Stevens as defensive coach, and again, he shits to bed, you're now firing Steve or he didn't no Lamarillo didn't fire Stevens he just didn't give him the head coaching gig no Shiro came in anyway so it's like you didn't you know you're, Stevens you, you, wouldn't come is it because he didn't get the head coaching yes. job or yes. because he has some kind of personal beef with the organization now I don't think he has beef with it because he always every time that he is on NHL tonight on the NHL network, he speaks very highly of the devils and they always bring up his, and he always brings up, you know, his experience and stuff, but I just don't think he would come back unless he was the head coach. I think it's the same thing with Adam Oates. I think Adam Oates won't come back to the NHL without HC next, without being a head coach. Now he's making more than enough money doing what he's doing now. So now what if you give Stevens the defensive coordinator position with like an assistant head coach, Subtitle co-coach. Uh, like, you know, See, like, I would if I'm Hines, I would be pissed. I would be like, all right, they're just lining this guy up I, to, when I, I'm gone. I would think that way if they hired a Quinville to coach D. If they brought yeah. in like a Bilesma as an assistant coach, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think if they hired Stevens as a coach, if I'm the head coach, I'm thinking this is the guy that's going to take my job. And and coaches are hired to be fired. Yes, but. Look at it on the other aspect of it. Yeah, we don't want Heinz to get fired because I, I actually believe in what he's trying to do, but we're not. We're plateauing. He's he's trying to squeeze as much lemonade out of four lemons that we have, and, and we are and we, we already only and have we, four lemons, and we squeezed all four of them last year. Yep. But the now devils, it's just the pits. Yep. And in the beginning of the year, everything was going great because we had guys that weren't scoring. Yeah. What happened? Did, did, the league ca- did the league catch up and go, yeah. hmm, let's play them differently? The, the first, you could never gauge the first three weeks of the season because people are getting into game spots. They're, they're getting into game shape. Getting in, not game shape, <laughs> game speed. All right. And, you know, some players are were better at it than others. But if you go back and look at the first four games when we were 4-0, mm-hmm. Hall was scoring. Palmieri was scoring every game. Um, you had guys like D and and you had all four lines scoring, they, right? And then what happened is everybody slowed down, and now you see the real Devils team. And I'm a fan; like I'm wearing a Devils sweatshirt right <laughs> yeah. now. I'm not saying it's to shit on them because I'm not, but they're just they're a one horse team, and right now, unless. Hall is pulling that sleigh. We're not going anywhere. And sometimes he tries to pull it too hard and we go off the tracks. Simple as that. I I just I think in a perfect world, you get rid of Nazardine, you bring in Stevens and and you get at least one defenseman 
that is better than Ben Lovejoy, who can at least at least anchor, be another uh, like I don't know, be be something to teach the kids like a a, a better defensive posture, a, a way of it thinking just, better in the game, something. It just might be our defensive system in the zone. Maybe they're playing like a box one where, if those of you that don't know you have four players play like basically it's a penalty kill and then one guy kind of chases and somebody else fills that guy's spot. So if the puck was in the left corner, the left defense, the right defenseman will go after that. And then that one extra player, that fifth player will fill that spot. Okay. So that we're always there. That works for some teams. And if you have a more skilled team that can pass the puck and, and which we don't weed through it. Yeah. You have, and then the other thing that, drives me batty and it you heard me what was the game the islander game when i screamed into the cup somebody make a fucking pass <laughs> and everybody around this looked at you going looked at you and he said oh did everybody hear that through the cup <laughs> but perfect. we, we ha- i remember the play we're sitting behind the net it's butcher with the puck he goes and makes a pass to the hash marks and the guy doesn't catch the fucking pass the puck stays in it goes back into the zone and it's just stupid brain farts like that that keep costing us because there's an easy out there was nobody forechecking and we can't make a 20 foot pass from behind the net to our boards for an easy breakout how are we going to compete with teams when we can't do that and then we're trying to skate down the ice and we're forcing passes into the slot. What happened to just coming over, taking a shot, and having everybody crash the net? Instead of Hall doing the same thing, let me go down the boards, hit the brakes, look for the trailing defenseman, who's then going to try to pass it back to Hall across everybody, and the pass gets picked off and it's a three-on-two the other way. It all ends up being like the Eliash pass. I think we're, we're, we're labeling the hope it that. The pass. I really hope this pass gets there. If this pass gets there, it's going to look awesome. But you know what? We're not skilled enough to even try that. Nope. We're not even in an... We could have done it maybe last year when we were in a playoff run because we were on a roll. When was the last time we had a fight? Uh, When was the last time we saw a fucking scrum in front of the net? Um, the last fight I think I actually remember was when Zajac beat the hell out of Wayne Simmons. <laughs> and that was last season. No, no, because we had something. This Wood year. fought Jamie Ben <laughs> when we played Dallas. But like, there's none of that snarl. You know, like, look, we're losing. We're not getting any bounces. Fuck it. Let's fought, Let's play. Let's be difficult to play against in all three zones. But we're not. We're not in front of the net. Like, even if it's uh, like. I'm, I'm just trying to think. Like, Who do we play next? Uh, we Washington. got Washington tomorrow. Okay. So let's say Washington. You know, Ovechkin takes a shot. Whoever's in goal tomorrow, let's say Corey, makes the save. And somebody skates. Somebody like Tom Wilson skates by the net. Fucking lay him out. Just, just I'll take the penalty kill. Just lay him out. So now they're you know, you know, like. wild right, your own I'm, team. Yeah. Hmm. Get wild. Because you know what? What we're doing isn't working and you have written here like that we're a passionless passionateless team or possessionless or possessionless but like there is no passion right now there's nothing like nobody goes hard to the net it's like oh we took a shot rebound like if i see fucking miles wood take another shot from the hash marks just to get the shot off and then not follow it and go to the net it's it's there's no urgency there's no passion in it and it's 
If I wasn't already bald. You'd be pulling <laughs> your hair out. I, I think oh, we can wrap this up with this one. I think I, um, it was Mike Morial or whatever the hell yep. his name is. He used to write for... Uh, he used to write high school hockey here in New Jersey. Um, he mentioned something about, um, you know, w- because Mikey McLeod got um, brought up because John Sebastian D got waived and then reclaimed by Pittsburgh. It's a vicious cycle in like the Metropolitan. You get like you get cut and you go to like every other team. It's it's almost like the Yager thing. He yeah. hit, the writing was on the wall with him. It, he was he was gonna go as soon as like a, a, a bigger name came back. You, as soon as just... as soon as Stratford was ready or we needed to call somebody up, he was gonna like I thought he would have been gone when uh, when Brat came back. And McLeod gets brought up. Maybe he he comes in and plays with some urgency. He's trying to impress people and throw some bo- it, throws his body around. It, it's but... one of those where yeah, like Hines was saying something that they they it basically he's like resetting this team to be like uh, having competition for spots. If you can show that you have some grit to you, you're in. And even if that means taking away somebody out, you know that's fine. I think I made a mention to to Mike Morial about that. It's like, okay, well, can can you get Miles Wood to fall into that too? Because he's got that skill, he's got that speed. He can't put two and two together. And and he kind of agreed. He says, you know what? That's probably what Hines meant too. Where like you need to refocus and and because uh, obviously the head coach can't do it all for you. He can he can rah rah sis boom buy you all you want, but it's up to the players to do something. Yeah, but. It it get it gets frustrating when you are quote unquote cock teased last season and making that great push to go okay, fine. Now the, now there's these names that maybe the organization has been self, you know, self fluffing to to say you know like a Joey Anderson, like a Mikey McLeod, yeah, like a like a Ty Smith, yeah, with ankle injury, or Broke surgery, his foot. yeah, you know. So all these internal names that you're you're pumping up and everything. So like okay, fine, they make the roster and then all of a sudden the guy like Quenville is like okay, he's supposed to be great. And he gets sent down three times out of like two in two months, like some something needs to change. Attitude needs to change. Or maybe we just assess these guys wrong. Maybe Quinville really isn't a first round kind of guy. Maybe Zaka really shouldn't have been taken fifth overall. Like maybe we should have took other people. But hindsight's twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. I and, think the only pick that we've gotten right. Yeah. Oh, is Nico? Sure. <laughs> he's number one. I mean, and well, no, were, he could have. They could have went Nolan. Could have went with Nolan Patrick. And look where he. Well, he's doing in Philly. All right, off of the Devils, and on to a lot of fuck, a lot of news. A lot of fucking what happens news. When we take a week off. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, quickly go through this one. Gritty nominated himself as Time Magazine's quote unquote Person of the Year. Well, didn't he get votes for governor? <laughs> that's probably why he Philly, did it too. In Pennsylvania, where the yeah. mayor. Mm. Um, it was mentioned via Ian Mendez of TSN that when Mike Hoffman um, returned uh, via Florida to Ottawa, Ottawa decided to give him some type of tribute. I don't um, think they do a tribute if <laughs> Carlson's still there, but he was there for a while. But, not? but considering what got him squeezed out to a two-team trade, I, I just think it's like... you know. In, you're really going to set back a fact that your significant other went ape shit on on your like number one guy in the organization that basically turned him around and says, "You know what? I'm done. Get rid of. Get me out of here." Maybe there was a lot of uh, Hoffman jerseys in the crowd, and they they said well, we should probably do something for this guy. 
on on a side note about Ottawa, we were wrong. <laughs> we were, we were wrong about Ottawa. We were wrong about Montreal. We were wrong about Florida. We were wrong about Buffalo. Hey, that's probably why I'm in last place in fantasy <laughs> hockey this year. Thanks, thanks Austin Matthews for getting hurt for the last month and a half. Uh, we all kind of saw this coming, Mike Yao. Stories no. kept coming where where Mikey, I was like, listen, it's all on me, and if I get fired, I get fired. Yeah, that's dumb. I, I, yeah, he he put that out. I'm like, wow, is somebody whispering in your ear that you're one foot out the door already? Well, he kind of like, if he didn't have the attention on him, he he brought it on him. He put the spotlight on himself. Um, also, uh, another uh, head coach goes down, McLennan in Edmonton. You had a, perhaps a perfect opportunity, last two, to get Quinvalin. Nope, and nope. He probably didn't want it. And, and more to the point, Edmonton probably didn't want to pay it. You're, I mean, in order for him to get out of his contract and go to Edmonton, you got to you gotta pay him about the same, right? You have to pay him or get permission, first of all, from Chicago, because technically, yes, he was let go. He but was he's relieved under, of his duties. And he's still he's under still, contract. He's yeah. still under contract with them. So, you know, are you going to pay? If I'm Chicago, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, hey, go. Good luck, buddy even though they should because this is the guy who won them three Stanley Cups. but Like, how does that work? Okay, you relieve them of his duties. He's still mm-hmm. got two, three years, whatever left. He's got two years. It's $6 million a year. So if the Devils fire Hines and go, Quinville, we want you for the next three years at $6 million, doesn't that take that off the books of Chicago having to pay him? Yes, but they might not want to let him go. That's the whole thing, like. Would they let him go to the Devils? They probably would, just for the simple fact of it, we're not in the same conference. Yeah, same division, same conference. You're not yeah. going to see him again. But that's why he he's not going to St. Louis. He was already there. He was in St. Louis before he went to Chicago. He's not going there. He's going to sit at home and take shots at Bears games. <laughs> Bears games. Uh, and... and Todd McClellan in Edmonton, his days. In no, were, well, he had a no-win situation. His days were numbered. You get rid of. I mean, okay, let's put let's put it this way. Okay, Let, let's be in the favor of McClellan. Who who's his GM? Oh yeah, <laughs> he okay. traded he traded he traded away Taylor Hall. He traded away Eberle. He t- and, traded and, away in Boston Tyler Sagan. And 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 who who do, who do they get back in all of these big name people that they let go? Adam Larson. I'll tell you what I'd like to have Adam Larson on the yes, I would. right now. Not so, for Taylor Hall, but no, I'd love but, to have Adam Larson. No, we can we can have a, another one for one. We can send Ben Lovejoy because they want defense for for. for I him. don't think they're going to want that. They're, they're not going to want any of our defensemen. Maybe, yeah, but Corey. it'll save him some money. Maybe Corey. Hey, I'm open to it. Hey, um, Luke Shen waivers from the Ducks. Did yeah. he get signed up? Did he get picked up? Yet? No, I think he went down to. Triple A, where the minors, the AHL. Rumors out of Buffalo is Jeff Skinner wants Taylor Hall cash, eight years, nine nine and a half. Listen, pal, listen, you're Jeff Skinner. You played in Carolina a while. He's got eighteen goals right now. That's okay because you know what? He's playing for a contract. What's going to happen next year when he signs it and he flops, like Kyle Oposo when he left the Islanders and signed a big deal with Buffalo? Where'd that end up going? He's look slow. at look at Ilya Kovalchuk signed with the, with with the, with the LA Kings. He was supposed to bring them a Stanley Cup. What's he doing now? Fourth line in motherfucker. Oh, that team sucks. Well, I yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit. But. I don't think Skinner Skinner. Um, <laughs> he's not making nine nine and a half. No, that's he's not ta- a that's, nine million dollar player. He's not Taylor Hall. 
he is, unless he wins MVP this year, but he is, I'd give him seven and a half. What's he making up? Are you like five, six? I could look it up. But I'm way too lazy to type. That's fine. Um, he, He's a seven and a half million type player. I'm just looking around the league. Who's going to pay him $9 million? Who are the teams that have cap space? Yes, we do, but whatever. Montreal, <clears throat> the Rangers. Maybe he's going to go to the Rangers. Again, they, they would end up turning into the, the Rangers that we knew during our run to the Cup, where it's just let's let's make them the Yankees of hockey. Yeah, I don't see them doing and it. Not. But uh, maybe Vancouver. Yeah, wait, you really want to go to Vancouver? And maybe Anaheim if they can get rid of Perry. Hey, if you want to trade Adam Henrique back to the East Coast. Yeah, no, he just signed with them. He's staying there. But Damn. Poor, Co- poor Covey's getting benched, huh? <laughs> and the coach said, hey, but he's not complaining. You signed the guy to basically be your top six. And he's getting under, what, 10 minutes a game now, fourth line minutes. But he hustles. Are we putting the Kings into a shit show? No, I don't think they're a shit show. I just think that, and I say this in future episodes, um, that they're built to win the Cup three years ago. They were built to win the Cup three years ago, and they have the same core of guys. Now, don't get me wrong. I would take Kopitar. Kopitar I would take Drew Doughty in a second, but Jonathan Quick's hurt, and he's consistently getting hurt now because of the way he plays. He's not even that old. He's, what, 31, 30? Let's see. Yeah, but, yeah, but what's the shelf life for a goalie in the NHL he's, nowadays? It's the way he plays. Yeah. He's so acrobatic that it's not like a Lundquist where I'm just going to let the puck hit me. He's a goalie where I'm moving to make that big save. Is that a swipe? No, it's not. <laughs> There's just different styles of goalie. Um, he's old. The Most of their defensemen other than Dowdy, are getting up there, your Alec Martinez and your Jake Muzzin. And then you look at their top line, and who is it? Toffoli, uh, Jeff Carter, Kopitar, mm-hmm. Dustin Brown. Those guys are all, other than Kopitar, they're all getting up there, except uh, Toffoli's pretty young. But those other guys are pretty old. And, and they've made enough cup runs where it's, they may not be old in age, but they're old in yeah, hockey. Yeah, there's a lot of miles on their road. So, but again, I mean, already it's like, oh, the big big free agent signing, Kovalev's coming back to the NHL, and now he's on the trading block, essentially. Because you don't, you don't pay a guy that much money and put him on a fourth line and think he's going to stay happy for the next three years. Yeah. Good luck, Kovey. Maybe you'll bounce and Would you, go okay. back to Russia. Okay, here. You're just, just. Would you take him back? No. I don't think any team right now would. Um, William Elander. You, you, you really wouldn't take him back? for no. Even if you didn't give up no. a lot? No. It's done no. Clo- because no. of skill or because of drama? Yep. Gotcha. And speaking of drama, as the William Nylander. The drama llama. The William Nylander, the outlander. Um. Good we'll know that's a the, good show, by the way. Yeah, I don't watch it. My mom watches that, so that's telling you something. Um, that by the Clock's time we ticking. do our next show, yes. we'll know the William Nylander saga. Finally. I don't 
think anything happens. Period. I think it's, he doesn't play this season. Toronto, I think, put their foot down and say, listen, this is what we're offering. And as and, I discussed with you today, yeah. there's a reason for it. And that reason he is? He is the fourth most important person on that team. So he shall be paid like the fourth most and important I, And if you give him what he wants, if I'm a team that has four first-round draft picks this summer, I go, hey, Austin, do you want to come play in New Jersey? We're going to pay you $9.5 million. With, or we're going to pay you $10 million a signing bonus for the next three years. So you're going to get you're going to make a base salary of one million dollars, but we're going to give you ten million dollars the next three years. And then every year after that, you're going to make eight million dollars. And and Hall is still on this team with that deal. Maybe Hall doesn't ask for nine and a half. Maybe Hall goes, oh, man, they're really now I've got Austin Matthews playing with Taylor Hall. I've got Nico playing with Palmieri. Now I've got two guys, you know, two solid lines. Let let me give you some rope to work with. Is that? Yeah. Which I would think the way the way Taylor Hall comes off, and I know we discussed this at the last game where he's like he's like an Einstein, but the way he comes off and being so articulate and just passionate about it, I can see him being one of those. If you get an Austin Matthews on an offer sheet and you're costing it for firsts, Taylor Hall goes. You made a move. I want to stay, or and he, I will give you a discount because of what you just did. Or he looks at it as I'm not good enough, just like we talked about with, and you had to go out and get this guy. I don't think his ego is that fragile now in New Jersey. I think he learned from what if, happened in Edmonton. If we were to do something risky like that, and I don't think we ever would, but if we were to do something risky like that, what we're doing is we're going okay. We've got four years now. You have to win a cup. You have to win at least one cup in this four years because after these four years, we are in Chicagoland. Yep. Chicago, We're Tampa, gonna, New Jersey. And Toronto. And We're going to be in those where we are so fucked cap-wise because we're going to be paying $11 million to this guy and $8 million to this guy, and Nico's going to ask for a solid – Five million dollars, and mm-hmm. Brat's going to be a little less than that, and and Votnin if they're going to resign him, and Butcher when he gets out. I mean, Butcher wise, it's probably he's going to ask for like three. But still, in in the grand scheme of things, with um, Palmieri already making, and then you add Palmieri to that, and he's signed <clears> already. <throat> yep. Injury bugs. <sighs> Tampa Bay's goalie Vasilevsky out up to six weeks with a foot injury. Crosby was out a week with an upper body. Too much, you know, wanky-wanky. Jason Demers of Arizona out for the season with a knee. Chara, 46, with a knee. That was a weird injury. Chara went to go hit a guy and moved. Like, he picked his leg up to kind of, like, avoid uh, the guy. You saw his lower, because his fucking leg is enormous. (laughs) You saw from his knee to his foot kind of go this way, and the rest of his leg, not as bad. As Vincent Trochiak. Oh, my. Did you see that injury? Mm-mm. Think Sid. Oh, snappy, snappy, yeah. huh? And mm. he had a look on his face when you realized his leg was broken. And you just looked at the ref and said, blow the fucking whistle. Because <laughs> I broke my leg. Blow the whistle. It was bad. 
Like that college football guy. Look at that. See, I'm multi. Yeah, look at you, man. I mean, it goes into some of the stories. If it is on the headlines in Yahoo. Yeah, I... you're, you can play it like you're... Act like you've been there. Act like you've been there. Yeah. Trade alerts. Ryan Strom goes uh, traded to the Rangers by the Oilers for Ryan Spooner. That's a, that's a both just let's just change the uh let's just change the sweater. Yep. Edmonton Oilers acquired defenseman Chris Weidman from the Senators in exchange for a twenty twenty conditional sixth round pick. Uh with a clause if Jacob uh Jerebeck plays fifty games for the Blues, then the pick goes to Ottawa, becomes a St. Louis fifth. Arizona trades Dylan Strom and Brandon Bad. Perlini to Chicago for Nick Schmaltz. Bad week for the Strom brothers. <laughs> yeah, didn't they just sign Dylan Strom to like a, a nice... Uh, he has one more year left Does in his he? entry, yeah. Okay. And then basically what happened, what came out from the Coyotes, GM John Chakya. It's a great line. Yeah, he basically says, says of Dylan Strom, there's a difference between patience and hope. The latter is not the way you want to build your organization. All right, that is a great line. Awesome line. I, w- I think we agree. We'd like our head, our head coach for our team to be a little bit forthcoming about something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, we need a Jacques Lemaire chewing gum. You are effing lazy. You are not hockey players. You're fat. You're ugly. Your mama's ugly. <laughs> Everything. Uh, Ron Hextall fired by the Flyers. I don't get that. I do. Be- because there was too much head-to-head. Okay. Here, Here's the situation. So, Is, the- is, is this coming from Dave or does this have some sprinkle of truth? Oh, no. This is definitely truth. Okay. You have to look at it from a perspective of the Flyers. Whenever you hear about the Philadelphia Flyers mm-hmm. and you don't think about Gritty, what do you think about their team? Like, think Broad, back broad to Street the, Bullies. The Broad Street Bullies. Okay. Here's a great example of this. I want to say it was like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. The Washington Capitals were absolutely smoking the Flyers. It was like 6 nothing after the second period. Ray Emery was still there. And if you remember what happened in the third period, it was like watching Monday Night Raw. Everybody was fighting. Ray Emery skated down the ice and <laughs> grabbed Holpe and started beating the piss out of Holpe. Because, hey, look, if we're going to lose 6 nothing on the scoreboard, we're going to win the penalty sheet. And that's the way it was. Last week, the Flyers got smoked by Toronto 6 nothing. They didn't take a penalty the entire game. The next day, Ron Hextall's fired. That's a good... Yeah, that's a good reason. Right? So if you think about the Flyers' kind of persona or their gimmick, if we want to throw wrestling in there because we're not going to talk too much about wrestling today. If you think about the Flyers' gimmick, it's always been we're going to beat the fuck out of you one way or the other. And And if we score a goal, we score a goal. They have not been like that. And they haven't been like that. And I think Hextall was full in on a rebuild. He was full in like, look, we've got guys that are very skilled that are going to take us to the promised land if we let it cook a little more. And Paul Holmgren and Bobby Clark, Flyers alumni, once a flyer, always a flyer, are going to say, no, that's not the way this fucking works. We're getting embarrassed out there and we're not doing anything. And that's where if you read the comment, it was something like, 
there is a difference in opinion on how the team, mm-hmm. and that's where it came from. But the Flyers have the same problem they've had for the last 40 years. They're goalies. Who the fuck is in net? I don't know, because they just dropped somebody. They waved some, somebody that Arizona just picked up. They've, and everybody's like, why did they pick him up? Anyway. They've played five goalies in 25 games. Five goalies. It's a little wacky. Perhaps the ice and net is needs to be looked at or, or the trainer needs to be fired. <laughs> I'm going to look up who that. Or the, or the goalie coach needs to take a hike. Yeah. Because apparently they let the head coach, um, Ron Hacks, Hacksaw. Hackstall, Dave Hackstall. Dave Hacksaw. Dave, Jim Duggan. Yeah. Um, they uh, let they, him axe his, his assistants. But again, his. So Craig Berube had an assistant coach that he loved. I forget the fuck of the guy's name. And when Ron Hextall came in, he fired Craig Berube's assistant coach and said, you're going to have Gord Murphy. And now Hextall's gone. And Dave Hextall probably went to Paul Holmgren and was like, can you get rid of this guy? Because I never Cause, asked. Because I never Gord. hired him, yeah. It's true. All right. Now, what were you looking up? Uh, who they picked up. Oh, a- Arizona? Yeah. Mm, but not sure. What's his name was put on waivers today, too. Scott Darling. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe they go after Darling. Maybe, I can see maybe. the Flyers doing it. Mm-hmm. It would be great for us in the division. Maybe we'll score some goals. Yeah. I don't know. He's the only goalie we could fucking him and uh, whoever Pittsburgh throws in that. Yeah. <laughs> they're their backup. <laughs> um, in, in a weird comment, and, and I don't agree with it because I'm kind of leaning towards your – you know, the NHL needs to be a little bit more uh, energetic. This isn't the uh, old guys game anymore. Brian Burke calling out the Carolina Hurricane, <laughs> Hurricanes post-game win antics as quote-unquote peewee garbage. I agree with him, but fuck it. If that's what they want to do, let them do it. They, they were they're now, They were supposed to be, what, the laughing stock of this league? They really? still are, just for a different reason. Like I think this is the NHL. This is the professional... This is the League of Leagues, okay, mm-hmm. for hockey. <laughs> Not like League of Gentlemen, but this is the League of Leagues. Now, half of me is saying, look, if the fans, if, if it's bringing fans into the building mm-hmm. and they're having a good time and it's it's something that's keeping them in the building a couple of minutes longer because, you know, when I when that buzzer goes off, I shake your hand and say, all right, see you later, and run up the stairs. I don't care who the three fucking stars are. I don't. Neither do I. I don't want to hear the, the interview. I don't care i just want to get out of the fucking building and go home all right but if this is keeping people in the building for a little bit and it's joking and it has people talking about carolina which it is so be it do what now personally do i think it's hacky yeah it it's stupid it's a gimmick you know it's it's our other it's embarrassed like if i were on that team i would constantly be saying like are we really fucking doing this but are our opposing teams who lose to them and and see this happen are they complaining or no but this, uh, uh, 31 thoughts the guy said he goes what if you beat carolina in carolina and do something like this but like you what? go out to their center ice and you do like oh we're dominoes and fall down know what you create a feud and the next time washington plays carolina in it's Cal- gonna it's gonna, gonna be a Philadelphia be, Flyer. <laughs> you're gonna want to be at that game, but 
But nobody will ever do that shit. Nobody will ever do that. For for those post game antics, who really sees it? People in the arena. You're not broadcasting it. But it ends up on YouTube and it ends up on talk um, shows. Probably the ESPNs. No, Linda Cohn's podcast with um, what's his name? Because you know ESPN doesn't show hockey. <clears throat> I don't understand that you're a sports network. Nope. Look, even our podcast is hockey and wrestling, and some folks decide to talk about the NBA and football. Come true. on! Oh, it's damn true. We're going to talk more about it with our topics today. Hello, Segway. <clears throat> Putting out a good discussion point here is. And this kind of reverts back to our own team and a few of the firings yep. that have happened recently. Does coaching in any sport matter? Professional sports. Professional. What sport isn't professional? Ping pong? No, I meant like if you're talking like a high school baseball coach, football coach, or whatever. Okay. Does um, it matter during the game? Now, with baseball, I can see it. Yes. Pitching, calls, you know, battering changes you know no i meant like batting order like putting pinch hitters and stuff in like you're not going to do that fielding shifts but the play-by-play is basically fuck baseball (laughs) you're a mets fan i know by the way rob is still not watched slap shot (laughs) just when you're describing baseball it's it's like me trying to describe to my cat how my day was (laughs) (laughs) meow now look your balls. <laughs> but the yeah, in in baseball, yes, because it's 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 basically a pitch by pitch. Right, it's, it's, it's player, it's, p- player by player. Literally pitch by pitch, your your right. your, your your game plan changes. But the game is so slow that you can coach mm-hmm. football. 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 I ask. There are twenty eight different fucking coaches for every. There's a strength and conditioning coach. There's a defensive coach. There's an offensive coach. There's a special teams coach. There's an assistant to the special teams coach. Like there's a water girl. What the fuck are they all doing? Like who makes at at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Now again, I'm not a football fan. I've never been a football fan. The end of the day, Tom Brady walks into the huddle. Who picks the play? (laughs) Tom Brady. Okay, but. There's an offensive coach, right? Yes, there is. Then what the, fuck does, what the fuck does Belichick do? Belichick do? Um, essentially, he's like like a Hitler Nazi with, with the way he runs the organization. But anyway. But what I mean it, is like yeah, play what's, by what's play. I think his, his, for football, at least for Bill Belichick, in my opinion, it's more of he has his coaches on defense because he, he came up as a defensive side of the ball. So he's more of that defensive-minded coach. He has his coaches probably get his players ready for the game. And if the game plan isn't going the right way, he's going to take over and go, listen, I'm calling the defensive plays. Not every coach does that. But what about offense? Um, that's that's that guy who decided to go to Indianapolis and then renege on his contract. Um, but I, I, foot, football has, for every position, there is a coach. So you have an offensive line, you have a quarterback coach, you have a running back coach, you have a wide receiver coach. I get it. That That's a lot. So I don't know, football-wise, does coaching matter? I think it matters in the sense that the way they break down the film. Sure. Behind-the-scenes play stuff. Play-by-play, behind-the-scenes stuff, yes. But when the game During is the on. During the game? No, because you're just suggesting what to play and hopefully that your suggestion. Right. Hopefully your plan A can beat their, their offensive A mm-hmm. to stop it. Basketball? Um, 
Doesn't Basketball matter. and hockey, I see, are being very similar, with the exception of hockey has line changes. So you're picking who goes out there. Where basketball, for the most part, your starting five are going to play. You're, you're running plays and you're shooting and you're playing defense. If it's, a guy is cold, you just substitute it in, but you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. But Hockey, like you yeah, don't there's... see, like you see basketball coaches like drawing up plays in the last minute and stuff, or maybe they're yelling from the sideline, mm-hmm. like, all right, because they see something. Very similar to hockey. Yep. You're not going to see too many hockey coaches in the NHL anyway screaming on the ice, like screaming from the bench to the ice to do something. Right. You're going to see, all right, you come off the ice. Yeah, what you're going to see yeah. them and showing them on the iPad. But like coaches in football, I just don't like, I. I hate. I don't watch football, but I watch the training camp on HBO mm-hmm. every year just because I'm like, what the fuck are they do? Like, what do they do? It, it's like micromanaging of micromanagement of micromanaging. That that that's what like football coaching is. Um, hockey wise, I would say it's a because you also have to pay attention to the opposition team's line changes. Yep. Because if you're if their number one line gets switched up, you're not going to be putting your Hall Palmieri and, and, and Heischer no. out against the gut. You, know, if, you have if a defensive there's... coach that pays attention to the six defensemen or seven that are dressed for that game. You have the head coach is usually running the offense who's putting so-and-so and so-and-so mm-hmm. and so-and-so on the ice at against their so-and-so and yep. so-and-so. Okay, You have a goalie coach who's not even on the bench. No, he's sitting watching the game. You have another who's in, who's in an earpiece, right? Right. You have another assistant coach. So the way I look at it is, you have Heinz doing the offense. You have Nazardine doing the defense. Mike Greer is there to kind of pick out individual player stuff. And I think Mike Greer is up up in the box. Oh, he's on the bench. Can't is he really? Him. Can't miss him on our team in this sport. Then I'm not paying attention. Uh, Kowalski is. Special teams? Special teams power play guy. Okay. He's also probably the last minute of the game guy. But for the most part, him and Greer during the game have no decisions other than telling players what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what I saw. I'll try to do it different. Yeah. In, in-game coaching. So, does coaching matter? Uh, during a game? Yeah, it, it probably depends on the situation. And yep. every every sport has a little different point where you need that influence from a head coach. Football is if they're playing shitty, if they just so, gave up a long drive, it's to, a, you got to sit there and you go, "Listen, guys, the f- wake the f so up." So, who made the call in the Super Bowl for Seattle and <clears throat> to try to throw the ball? Uh, it was probably the head coach. Yeah, it was Pete Carroll that decided to throw instead of giving it to a fucking beast of a running back. <clears throat> but hey. Look, do we need coaching for this podcast? Uh, maybe. But maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Rob Tracy, come on. You tell let's us. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> you got it. You, you can do this. All right, you also have here a nice little chart. Overrated players and coaches. Mm. Overrated. So my player I have is Chris Kreider. I've had Ranger fans say, like, I just wish he would shit or get off the pot. <laughs> like, either tell us, like, either show us that you're going to be awesome all the time or just suck so we can get rid of you. You know who Chris Kreider reminds me of? Miles Wood. And also, a, and also, who's the other guy in the Rangers that, that stiffed us to, to sign with him? 
Oh, VC? Yeah. VC is like turning into another another Kreider. But then but then again, Chris Kreider fits into that New York Ranger mold. Yep. Fast. Underachieving. I also have Brent Seabrook. Uh, they talk about him as if he was like God in Chicago. And I guess if you win three cups, you know, I shrug my shoulders like, but you but. have that godlike status. Like, if you're not a Devil fan or live in this area you and you watch our game telecast, you have to go, why is fucking Ken Danico? Like, you're telling me you couldn't get anybody else other than Ken other Danico? Than right. But to us, he's Ken Danico, but... I don't know. So Brent Seabrook is a, is, is a local product, and outside of Chicago, it's who's Brent Seabrook? No, no, I'm not saying it's who's Brent <laughs> Seabrook. I'm like, I don't see what the hype is about. <coughs> what? He's a right-handed defenseman. I don't see Yeah, but, like, hype. what pairing is he? Right yeah. now, he's probably he's either their first, first, first or left-handed. Second pair. I mean, he's a righty, but he's probably their first lefty defenseman or their second pairing. But he's also making, like, $7 million. Matt Murray's overrated. I think you can also throw in um, uh, a flurry too, right? I mean, he did win the first cup for them. He didn't show that he was overrated last year. No. And they're starting, and fucking a Vegas is starting to find their swagger again. Let's go back to that to 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 our earlier podcast. I truly believe that Florida screwed up by letting Gallant go. Look at what he's doing with a chip on his shoulder in Vegas. It's it's a mold for what Seattle and, and, and Houston and Kansas City and every, and Quebec, too, can look yeah. to do. I think Ottawa's moving to Quebec. Ottawa. Uh, I think Price is overrated. He's, I think he's a very good goalie, but I the, think people in Canada fucking hype him up. Yeah. And he hasn't won anything other than let's, let's, the let, Olympics. Let's stir the shit pot a little bit. Does does another name in our in our history kind of a little bit of a Martin Brodor? A little bit. Yeah, but Brodor won cups. Price hasn't won anything. <clears throat> but but he won the gold for, medal for on a team that was fucking stacked. You could have put you in net with no equipment on, and you could have won a gold medal with that team. Take it easy. <laughs> Not that athletic right now. <laughs> no, or ever. No, I, Carey Price. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 Montreal smoke and mirrors. Yep, and Carey. I mean, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. She, oh, with a rack like that, she's she not overrated. Was, she was good when Anaheim won the cup, and then ever since then, when she signed that big contract. <clears throat> and I think Taves is overrated. I think he's a very good player. I don't think he's worth ten million dollars. You think he just fell into that hole? I just won three cups. Yep. I'm going to Disney I'm World. I'm the captain, Captain Serious. You know, I'm a, I'm a big part of this team. And Don't Chicago t- turned around and said, "We can't let this guy walk away." Don't taste me, bro. <laughs> yeah, taste. Don't taste now, me, coaches. Bro. I think Mike Babcock takes the fucking cake as the most overrated coach well, in the NHL. Well, look. Okay, yeah. Because what did he, what did he do with Toronto in the last couple of years? Not much. He was gifted again. He went through. Um, Detroit with a whole bunch of stacked guys. Every team he's coached, he's always had a stacked team. And apparently he's the biggest fucking asshole on the planet. Who else did he coach outside of? Anaheim. We beat him to win the cup. Uh, Look, I don't remember coaches back then. Right, but he had a stacked team back then. 
Then he went to Detroit. Stacked team. No wonder he picked Toronto over Buffalo. <laughs> then he had then he turned around and he went to Toronto where they weren't a stacked team in the beginning. And then and then, and, they, and then because of your tanking, I mean losing ways, um you get Austin in. Matthews, you get Mitch Marner, Marner, you get a William Nylander. You he, get people who want to play there because it's Toronto. Yep. Any of the Sutter brothers are overrated as coaches. I how long did ours last? He lasted he two was, years. Yeah, before well, we he, were good. Before he got homesick, and then he went back to Red Deer. I think Tortorella's overrated. I think he's got a shelf life. Yeah, and yeah. I think I've said this before. Like he would be a great college coach. He he'd do great in college because you have you have four years and then yep you're gone slates clean yep then you could keep going and doing and kicking the table and screaming and cursing. And people will be scared, and then by the time those seniors are like, "All right, he's gonna come in and kick the fucking water bottles," you're signing your three-year entry-level deal. Your your freshmen are coming, right? Todd McClellan, obviously, he's overrated because he just got fired. Um, Where was he before? I forget. San Jose. San Jose. And then he was an assistant. So, I believe he was an assistant to Babcock. So isn't his team, McClellan? Uh, San Jose's current team is mostly a McClellan team, right? Well, he was a coach, right, but it's Doug Wilson's team. I mean, he's the GM, but, yeah, McClellan. And he was let go because he couldn't get them over the hump. Much like Bruce Boudreaux. Which is my next one. Bruce, mm-hmm. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is like people who are from Connecticut driving. He's just happy to be here. I'll get you, I'll get you guys to the playoffs, but after that, you know, I don't know. We might lose. Just happy to be here on the road. Let me put my blinker on six miles before the fucking exit, kind of. Yeah, one spot open. Who's left? Who's left as a as a as a write-in? A write-in. Who would be my other overrated coach? Aline Vigneault from the who used to coach the Rangers. He is coaching nobody now. Right, but he's overrated. Right, another so guy. So he did So he went really from, one. Right, and he didn't win in Vancouver. Right before he got axed there. And he went to the Rags. Yep. He got him in the playoffs and got him consistently. Pretty, pretty but again, deep. he had a good team. Yeah. And he's always been a team where if if the goalie is good, he looks like a genius coach. But if they're not, would he you put, sucks. Would you put Hitchcock on that list? Because well, seems- look at it this way. Okay. Babcock's won the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Sutters that was the L.A. coach won. Tortorella won the cup. McClellan won it as an assistant. I'm 99% sure Boudreaux never won it, and I don't think Vigneault ever won it. So, you know. Hitchcock gets you. I I think Hitchcock has a shelf life, too. Yeah, they said he's a real asshole. Well, like, I think sometimes you kind of need that, but yeah, yes. He's an asshole that will, like, call you out and embarrass you on the ice in front of the other team. But he's also, you know, from what I've read and heard on other podcasts with people like, he's also the kind of coach where you could just be like, Ken, shut the fuck up. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, I'm done, Ken, shut up. Like, the, there's stories of Ronick like, just ripping him apart on the bench. Wow. And, one of the, and then, like, him being petty. Like, Hitchcock seems like the kind of guy who talks shit to you right. in a joking manner, but once you go back at him, Right. He takes it personal. 
So, like, I guess he was talking... Shorty like, fused? Yeah, he was talking shit to Ronick, And then, like, one day, I think Ronick or somebody else, like, went into his office and grabbed Hitchcock's pants. What? And, like, stood in one leg of Hitchcock's pants to show how <laughs> fat he was. And then, like, Ronick said, he's like, I didn't play the power play for, like, two weeks. <laughs> but overrated. All right. Now on to wrestling. Wrestling. And we don't have much today, people. No, this was a hockey-heavy podcast, man. That's I right. mean, well, you take a week off. That's what happens. And look, and and let's let's be honest. I think we're we are getting to a point. Yes, we are a hockey and wrestling podcast thing, but when storylines are rehashed, when wrestlers' gimmicks are, you know. I, I can't. I can't believe I saw No Way Jose on fucking Raw. You tweeted. Me, you texted me about that, and I was like, "Oh, really?" I was. I think I was still kind of entrenched in the game ish kind of thing. But when you when you when you said that, I was like, "No." I first of all, I didn't know what day it was. I forgot it was what Monday or Tuesday. What was it? Whatever. Whatever it was. <laughs> and then I started to think, "No Way Jose is a three layered rehash gimmick that is getting." Major TV time. For what? For what? For what? I don't get it. It. it I mean, you look at what um, Nia Jax did, and it was an obvious screw-up, which would get you backstage heat, I would assume. But now they're using it as a gimmick that she broke Becky Lynch's face. Fine. I, I'm cool with that. It works. I, I think that now, if Becky Lynch had her way, it would be one of those, at a certain point, she'd try to punch Nia Jax in the leg and fucking give her a trolley horse. <laughs> like, I watched when, when she punched her. She wasn't careful. <laughs> she no. just she, she didn't swung. pull back. She didn't pull back. She swung, man. Like, you would think it was for real. For real. Like, she, she had real beef. You look at the Survivor Series, traditional Survivor Series, you have to have you ha- you have to have teams that are battling each other with some type of storyline. You just can't say, hey, we're going to have like a King of the Ring thing and the top five guys are going to face your top five guys for what? There's, for everything. There's, there's nothing in the end. There's no prize where, you know, you know, your champion gets a WrestleMania match against uh, whoever he wants. There's nothing there. There's just the... That's it. I'm looking at like the results right now. I don't. Who are the Good Brothers? <laughs> what? Good Brothers? Yeah. No idea. Are they on Raw or SmackDown? I would think SmackDown because I have no idea. Yes. Okay. No but, idea. I know Bludgeon Brothers, but one guy's I think hurt. Bobby Roode is being misused. Why is he on a tag team? I I, I in general. When the only person that's panned out from other wrestling organizations uh, is AJ Styles. He was king of TNA, and he's he came to, here he came, and and ended up being king of SmackDown. That's it. Samoa uh, Samoa Joe's character maybe got pushed a little bit more. He's going to get a push. He I think better. he's going to be. You know the, what I think? The Brock Lesnar, once we realize Brock Lesnar's gone for good. 
You know, you know what I honestly think Samoa Joe's issue is, and I'm looking at it through Vince McMahon's eyes. He's fat. Yeah. He's not, like, chiseled, yep. and that's he why he's not getting anything. And that's why that new guy, what the fuck is his name, Lars Anderson or Yeah, the, the one that looks like Snitsky and, and, uh, and Brock Strowman had and a... Nathan uh, Jones. Remember Nathan Jones? Yeah, yeah. For what? I don't know. I thought of a good way to bring Roman Reigns back. Oh, no. Please don't... Does this have to include a hospital bed and a bedpan? No, 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 not okay. at all. This is, uh. once he's all better and he's coming back... Mm-hmm. And he comes into the ring. He's obviously going to instantly become a fan favorite. You're not going to boo the guy who had fucking leukemia. Conceptually, yes, I agree. Then we're talking about the fan base. So He walks in and everyone's cheering and happy. Yeah. And he picks up the mic and goes, how come nobody's booing me now? How come nobody... Use, using it as a... And you yeah. use it to turn him heel. A real heel. A real heel. <laughs> a real heel, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, if I'm Vince, that's what I would do. He, I think Vince... You turn him into when The Rock went corporate. Vince and, and the writers need to look at this and go, take the fact that you don't have, air quote, competition, right? Because, look, TNA is doing enough to keep afloat. They're still on TV. they still got people going. They're yeah. going, okay? They're, they're still alive. They're hanging out to that door like fucking Rose and Titanic right And they're now. still fucking going, okay? Make pretenders a WCW lurking around the corner. Put out a great show. Now, if the reason you can't put out a great show is because now you're a publicly traded company, you done effed yourself because you had it. You had it with attitude. And now it's not. There's no attitude in that show. It's it's all stunts. It's all gimmick. Like, like Elias. You have a perfect gimmick. Walk Great with Elias. Gimmick. Great gimmick. He's turning into what the Honky Tonk Man was at the end of his career. Nothing. Did you see that Austin wrote that he's like, he's one of the guys. If I came back to wrestle, I'd want to rest. He goes, just our promos alone would be awesome. Between yeah. Elias and Austin. Yes. Jericho, anybody who's great on the mic, Jericho, Rock, Austin, and any of them. And, but that's the problem. Like, Elias is great on the mic, and there's nobody else that Be, has it. If you put the Miz up against him, it's like, no, it just doesn't go. Like, It would go, but which one would be the face and which one would be the heel? Miz would be the face. Because Elias, Elias with the look alone. Looks like a guy that if you look at him and go, hi, Elias, he'll go F but, you. But see, that's what's, that would be weird because you're going to go from The Miz, who is a heel right now, and then having to turn him to a face just for this gimmick and then what, I mean, just for this matchup feud, and then what? Are you going to keep The Miz a face? You can't keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Why don't you just have a guy that, like how Roman Reigns played it all off? He was supposed to be a face, but he was a heel to the fans, but he just did Roman Reigns. Have The Miz just be The Miz. It doesn't matter. You want to cheer me, you want to boo him? He could say that. You want to cheer me, boo me? I don't give a shit. Like, I would I'm going to beat Dol your ass. I would like, think like a Dolph Ziggler, Elias, if you made Dolph Ziggler a face. He could because they, uh, who's the, the Irish guy that's with him? Uh, the Scottish guy. Whatever. Let's not get them fucking confused, all right? They're Czech guy. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Czech? Yeah, because you're... You're a pole. Thank you. They're the same, right? They're the same? No. All right. So neither are the Scottish and the fucking Irish. Stop confusing me. Whoa. Whoa. I'm broke's back. Yay. 
Hey, bro, did you hear about the one where Dave liked One Direction? <laughs> so what? Niles from Ireland. He's a great singer. Niles. <laughs> I celebrate all of them. This, this is where the podcast falls <laughs> off the tracks. <laughs> the, sca- the blades need to be sharpened a little bit. Seth Rollins and Dean Elias Ambrose? would oh. make a good feud. Iron Man match. Holy shit, yes. Mic. Fuck it. Do a cheesy, on a Raw match, do a cheesy. Running. Guitar on a pole match. When was the last time we saw a good guitar on a pole match? Or I can see, and, and I can see him taking that and just bashing Elias over the head with it. Repeatedly. Yeah. And now you set up, I'm not out here to sing songs anymore. And you, you the release, next match is you now... You release him to a wrestling match. And the not next not. match is TLC, right? So the next match... You set it up with uh, the, fir- the, the first Raw, which would have been this last one, right? Mm-hmm. You set up with Rollins doing the open challenge for the Intercontinental title and Elias coming out on stage and singing a song. But then, But then you have... Rollins and Ambrose wrestling because they've man crushes on each other, and and they're they. So make it a triple threat match. I. So now the open challenge comes out. Elias runs down to fight Rollins for the match. Gets DQ'd because Ambrose comes Mm -hmm. in. Now you set up Elias triple threat, yeah, and you set up a cool tables, ladders, and chairs triple threat match. I, I just think that they're they're writing Ambrose wrong. They're trying to make him like Austin. That he's and and having to force. I think I tweeted this on on the on the HSK Pod Twitter. I put it out there. I go, can you please stop forcing Renee Young one down our throats, two into the stupid storyline? Yep. Unless you are going to write it so that someone attacks her. No, that Ambrose is pissed because he found out. That she slept with. No, no, no. Don't you don't even have to do that. You could do the simple week after week. Rollins keeps calling out Ambrose, and he's not coming, even though he's there. He's not going to come out. He's not going to come out. He's going to keep doing the video. So you have Rollins walk up to the booth, grab Renee Young in the middle of the ring, knock her down, and set up for the curb stomp, and have him come down. But then you're gonna offend the folks who those, those, oh you don't those. do it you just set it up like you yeah have but that's her on all fours and he he, ha, he has his foot over her head we're starting to get into that whole putting Stephanie on a crucifix <laughs> it's not though it's not it's just a I, way I, yeah, it's, yeah, I know it's a way to if get, you're gonna put her in the fucking yeah. storyline put her put in her the storyline story, yes and please take her off the announcing team please it's not it's not a sexist thing she doesn't fit even you know who needs. You need to have Jerry Lawler, and you need to have Michael Cole back. Puppies! <laughs> you need something, because because Renee Young sucks. She's getting force-fed lines, and you can tell that she's getting force-fed lines. And the other schmuck... I, I, Corey Graves? Yes! Who is Corey Graves? I don't know, but I beat the piss out of him when I played the wrestling game. <laughs> I don't know. Re- wrestling at the, at the tender age of... 30s and 40s it just doesn't work anymore and it's not because there's spoilers it's just that we've seen way too much wrestling 
we want to be entertained by an entertainment company, and yet you are nowhere near fulfilling that entertainment value. No, I agree. It it is it is El Succo. If if I could if I had room on my DVR, or if I had the whatever to make room on the DVR to record TNA, I would. Yeah, I don't but, even know what channel that's on. Pop now. I don't know. It's not on like you know. It's on the real channel where they do like reenactment. Sure. Whitney, the last days of Whitney Houston. <laughs> Starring Beyonce and Jay-Z. No, no starring some no-name guy that you saw on a Hammerds commercial. <laughs> At what, 2 o'clock in the morning from the Game I, Show Network? And I'm telling you right now, I watched it the other day. They did the last the last years of Freddie Mercury. The guy looked like Freddie Mercury, but nobody else looked really? like Really? That's, that's interesting. Yeah, it's an easy way not to not watch the movie. Just go watch that Reels one-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, but you know, hey, go out and watch freaking Freddie Mercury. I did. It's a great movie. That stupid Bohemian Rhapsody is like every single fucking channel on Sirius XM Radio. It's awesome. Every one of them. It's an awesome movie. He was an awesome guy. Come on. He was. The one, the one, if this wasn't a hockey wrestling podcast, mm-hmm. one of the questions would be if you can go back in time. There you go. Put this on the Twitter. If you can go back in time and see one concert, mine would be Queen. Um, I'd go Tom Petty again. I wanted to see Tom Petty, and then when when that ghost wanted to, when he was back on tour, and I said I want to go see him, he died. Well, you better not say that about One Direction, because <laughs> if they come back on tour, I don't want you to say I want to see them. They might die. <laughs> HSSKPod.com, Twitter, Facebook, HSSKPod. Tell your friends, like it. Go on the iTunes. Go on your mom's iTunes. Go on your mama's iTunes. <laughs> Subscribe to us. Do what you got to do. Let people know that we are an entertainment, entertaining podcast. Because we are. Look, when we when we break down, break it down, um, and we talk about Dave liking One Direction. No shame in my game. No, absolutely not. When we make people spit water or, or coffee, what have you, whatever you drink. Tell your friends. We need more people listening, folks. Help us help you. Dun, dun, dun. Woo! Any last words, my friend, for this lovely, lovely podcast? Tootles. Mm-hmm.